death is a mystery. But when we are gathered here at the celebration of the Eucharist, we see death as a passing into eternal life. We see death as not an end, but just another step that we need to go through in order to receive that fullness of life from Christ. So when we are here and we celebrate the Soul Souls Day, we celebrate life in Christ, life that continues, life that introduces us into joys of heaven. Obviously, we do have a choice whether we wish to be there. But for us here, as we gather, there's no such thing as sadness because it is life that we are introduced, we led into paradise. That's what we wish, desire, to be with God. But I'll start this reflection with a little story from my own life. As you know, I, I grew up in Poland as a child and I came as a teenager to the United States. And what thing about, I remember very, very vividly is the, is the celebration of the Eucharist on All Saints Day in the afternoon at 4 p.m. The Mass would be celebrated not in the church, but in a cemetery. I know that many other places, perhaps around the world, they would also have Mass that would celebrate in a cemetery. And in the United States here, we have people who gather, all the families gather for Thanksgiving and perhaps Christmas. In Poland, they would gather for All Saints Day and then for Christmas. So All Saints Day. So the Mass would take place at a cemetery and the families would gather around their loved ones, wherever they were. So that Mass would be celebrated and people would be scattered throughout the cemetery and they would hear the readings, they would hear the reflections, homily, the, the reading, especially the Beatitudes, because that's a feast of uh, solemnity of all saints. And uh, blessed are those, and these blessed are those who suffer, who are meek, who are humble, who are, who are suffering for justice sake, for those who are merciful. And, and so the families gather around their loved ones. And you know, in my, you know, my own situation was that my grandfather, when the cemetery was being built and he volunteered to help organize it and to work, um, he was always asking who's gonna be the first person who would be buried because there was an old cemetery and as the new cemetery was being prepared, it, was, it wasn't active yet. And so he was always wondering and asking, well, it happened that he, be, he was the first one. So he wanted to find out and he found out that the Lord helped him to be the first. But because of that, my family would be all the way in the back. And the, the mass was celebrated sort of in the middle because there was a beautiful altar there and it was celebrated, but we were sort of in the back there. And, and when the, the time for blessing came because the priest would come and bless you know, throughout the cemetery would bless those who were there. He would always start with my grandfather. So that's what, that's what happened. But at any rate, what I wanted to say is there's no perhaps more appropriate place to celebrate the Eucharist at 4 p.m. to initiate this day 
of the commemoration of the faithful. So not only the saints, but also the faithful. Some are already with the Lord. Some are still in need of being purified and being, being united with the Lord. So what we have is, first of all, celebration of such Eucharist in a cemetery speaks volumes. We entrust those who are already on all saints who are with the Lord and those who still need our assistance. And the Eucharist is celebrated for those who need assistance. And that's what we do today. Every priest can celebrate three masses today. Usually you have to have good pastoral reason to celebrate more than one. Obviously priests in the parish have good pastoral reasons, so they'll celebrate more. But on this day, every priest is able to celebrate three masses you know, for his family, for the loved ones, for those who, who uh, uh, for the intentions of the givers, whoever they gave, whoever the intention would be. So the celebration of three masses. But you know, death may be a mystery, but for us Christians, death is a moment of joy. For those who are faithful, for those who love the Lord, wouldn't you want to see the one who loves you? Wouldn't you want to see the one who has always been there for you, who is sustaining your life? Would we want not to see Jesus? Would we not want to see Blessed Mother? Would we not to see our faithful departed? But that is the, it is the death of the faithful. Faithful meaning that we are, we are men and women who love the Lord. And death is no longer fearful. Death is no longer scary. As a matter of fact, it can be anticipated even with joy because we know that God in his mercy will forgive us because we already ask him. We confess our sins. We prepared ourselves. We received the Eucharist. We have been prepared for that moment. And this is why we have to be prepared for death each moment. We can't say, okay, I've got to, I'm going to have to go to confession and I kind of postpone it because, you know, I don't have time, whatever. But if we are bound by things that we have done foolishly, then we have to confess. We have to prepare ourselves for that moment because we want to be welcomed by the Lord in his mercy that we've done everything. But as you can see, there's, I know that we read just three readings, you know, first Old Testament, New Testament, responsorial psalm and the gospel, so there's four altogether. But the church gives us a lot of varieties today. There's like so many readings. If we were to um, touch every one of the readings, we'll probably have a homily for six hours rather than just for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Because there's so many variety of things which are given to us through God's word. But I will touch upon a number of them, not just the three. But today, the souls of the just are in the hand of God. The souls of those who have accepted the Lord, has accepted his mercy, have accepted his, his commandments and followed them. So the souls of the just are in the hand of God and no torment shall touch them. They seem in the view of the foolish to be dead and they're passing away. I thought it was an affliction. And yes, and they're going forth from us utter destruction. He says, well, that's the end. No, it's not so. The souls of the just are in the hands of God and they are in peace. We have the RIP, you know, rest requiescat in pace in Latin, rest in peace, which in English is kind of nicely, you know, imitates the RIP. For if before men indeed they were punished, as yet their hope is full of immortality, and then chastise a little. 
after death, chastise a little, reference to purification after death. Chastise a little, they shall be greatly blessed because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. And as gold in the furnace, he proved them, and as the sacrificial offerings, he took them to himself. Those who trust in him shall understand truth. And the truth is God is the one to whom we go. God is the one who made us, that's the truth. God is the one who saved us in his son, Jesus, that's the truth. And God sustains us and prepares eternity for us, that's the truth. These are the key truths of our human life. There's no secondary truths. These are the ultimate truths. God is the one. God is the one. Those who trust in him shall understand truth, and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with the ones, with the holy ones, those who follow him, and his care is with his elect. That's from Book of Wisdom. Book of Job, as you remember, you know, patient as Job, whatever we remember as Job. But there's one thing that he did for us in that book. And he is so powerful in his statement. He says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. And after my, my skin, my body has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Yet in my flesh I see, because he's going to put me back together. I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him. Job, yes, troubles and difficulties, trying to explain why bad things happen to good people. But ultimately, his witness... For I know that my Redeemer lives, even if I die, he's going to put all my remains together back again. And I shall see him with my eyes. I shall see him. That's resurrection. That's a word for, for, phrase for resurrection. And of course, the, the Lord is my shepherd. Though I shall walk in the valley of darkness, I feel no evil, for you are with me. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures, you shall give me repose. Besides restful waters, he leads me, he refreshes my soul. Placing ourselves completely at his, at his, in his hands. And even though we die, he's still my shepherd. He still takes care of me. St. Paul, are you unaware that we who are baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? The baptism is dying to self as true death. And baptism is the moment where we receive new life or incorporate into the body of Christ, receive life that will never end, life of glory, which is given to us. This is how baptism is important, how greatly we should be valued, what we receive, small, you know, very insignificant moment in our life as a child. Water is poured upon our head and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are baptized into life of Christ. We have been grafted in Christ just as he died and we died with him. So he rose and we rise with him. We have become part of his very body, the very mystical body. We may look like we're still alone here. We're still one by one. Even if we have families, we're still individuals. No, we're not. 
We're, because we have been grafted into Christ, we have been placed into his very body, into his mystical body, we're members of that body. We died together with Christ because of sin we needed to enter the death and we have risen. We're being raised from the dead together with him. And this is what, but not only in a soul, because the soul, our soul does not die, it continues. The life continues because it's, it's God gave us the soul, the very principle of our life was given to us at the moment of birth. God inserted into our, our very being that, that divine dimension, which is the soul, the living, the spiritual dimension, and that continues. But we also believe in the resurrection of the body, and this is why St. Paul says to us, you died with Christ, but you shall rise with him. And then, of course, you will also raise your mortal bodies so that you will be, you'll be with him. Yes, we were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead be the, by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. For if we have grown into union with him through the death like his, we also shall be united with him in the resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that our sinful body might be done away with, that we might no longer be in slavery to sin for a dead person has been absolved from sin. And if then we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ raised from the dead dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. And then we see, that's in Romans, in 2 Corinthians 14, we see, we, we hear, we also believe that, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Father, he will bring us to your, to your presence for this, for this all for your sake. And this is St. Paul says for Christians, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to be to the glory of God. For, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to things that are seen, but things which are unseen. For the things that are unseen are transient, but the things are unseen, which is God, his grace, his love, his mercy, those things are not seen, and yet they're eternal. For we know that if the tent, that our earthly home is destroyed, for if the tent of our earthly home is destroyed, the body, where we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but it's actually eternal, was made by God himself. And this is why Jesus says today, and, and you know, those who receive the Eucharist, I am the life resurrection, those who feed or nourished by the body and blood of the Son of God will receive eternal life because we already the Lord gives us. And that's why in John 14, we see Jesus says, let, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, the Father. Believe also in me. In my Father's heart are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you with me to myself. And there I, and where I am, you may also be. And you, know, and you know the way to where I'm going. 
And Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where we are going. How can we know the way? Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you had known me, you would also have known the Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And finally, I will not reject anyone who comes to me because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. I know I read a little bit more excerpts from the scripture, but this is the word of God given to us for our encouragement, for our faith, for our love, for our trust. It is also the encouragement for us because we see those who passed away, that they're in the hands of God, that Christ has accepted them. And even if they needed purification, the Lord will provide. It's a purification by God's love and the longing. I don't know if you had the chance to see that purgatory movie, but the fact is that we have to help one another because at that time, you know, whereby we are to be perfected by love, by God's love, but we help one another, we pray for each other. This is why today, on this, uh, all the day of commemorations of all the faithful, we're praying for those who have died, that they may be united with the Lord. So that's why the, all the masses, the Eucharist is the greatest, most powerful, gift that we can give to those who are de departed because we join them together with the sufferings of Christ. We offer the Eucharist on behalf of those who died because Christ has offered himself. And that's why a chaplet would be another powerful prayer, rosary, a powerful prayer for those who have died. Things that we do, we can offer our sufferings on behalf of others, especially those who have loved their, lost their loved ones and they're grieving the pain the grief that they go through, that can also be offered as a, as a gift, as a, as a prayer for those who have, who, for the departed, because the love is there. As you know that those who have passed away and all of us who are here, the bond of love is never broken. It always, the bond is always there. We're, we're never separated. And, and the soul contains all the memories, the love, all the awareness, everything else, because that's where the soul has everything. That soul is every, the, the we who are, we continue. And so that love, understanding, and union with us is always there. So that's why the invitation today to pray for the departed, because, because they are there. We can't say, okay, they're gone. You know, let's, let's continue to live here. Yes, we are too, but we are to live the awareness that we need to help each other because one day we also perhaps may need that same prayer and intercession because you know we may die but we're not always ready we would wish to be that's why you know the devotion to a sacred heart that if we have the nine consecutive um, first fridays with confession and and you know and reparation and and and, and eucharist the Lord promises that we will not be without the support and, and gift of the Eucharist or even the first Saturdays, five Saturdays of the month, the promises were given. But that means, what, what, what it basically means is for nine 
months if you are so consistent in your in your spiritual life god will grant you because because it's the love that we have and the love that lord has for us may we then today not to forget those who have passed away but also never doubt any reality of life beyond the grave as we can see the word of god given to us in such a powerful way he wants to instruct guide us fill us with a zeal love that that we that that he has given us this special gift and especially that we may be grateful for, to jesus who rescued us from our own trappings and gives us the knowledge of the future glory gives us the means by which we can attain salvation by faith eucharist prayer and then also the future glory which is waiting for us and that's the gift of christian hope knowing that the reality of the promises that jesus gave us are true that's christian hope may we to, at this very moment entrust ourselves to the lord and saying help me always to know to love you help me always to serve one another help me always to be faithful to the end until one day i shall be there in the paradise in the future glory where the joy is beyond our capacity to understand. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you. And God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.